Thank you for listening to the Encounter Radio Show with Bill Reeser. Last week it was Testimony Week. Well, guess what? I'm still in the middle of my personal testimony, and it probably could take another week. And uh, and you have a testimony as well, too. And if you've been encouraged by my testimony or you want to share your testimony with me, please email me at bill at thehopeencounter.org. Uh, if you want to support the ministry of Encounter in this radio show, uh, please go to our website, thehopeencounter.org, and, uh, and just email me, and I can tell you how you can do that. And once again, thank you for your support. So what I was sharing from my testimony, my introduction to Christianity uh, uh, was getting diagnosed with a serious uh, liver disease, and they thought I had the AIDS virus after spending a, a night of drinking and wound up being wind up in the ER room thinking I was dying, having a heart attack. And the doctor said, we, we need uh, seven days to confirm the blood work that you have AIDS and hepatitis. Well, that prayer group that I talked about uh, st- prayed for me. And they prayed some things I've never heard before. And I was introduced to the power of prayer. And they prayed by faith and they prayed for a new, a new report. They, pr- they prayed for the blood of Jesus to heal me. I heard things I never heard before in prayer. It was amazing to me. But all I knew is they were praying with faith. And then Carolyn went with me to the doctor's appointment the following week. She took me by the hand. She looked at me with confidence. And she said this to me, does not, it does not matter what the doctors tell us. God's pulled us through so much so far. He's not going to let us down now. You know what that's called, friends? Faith. And sure enough, when I went to the doctor's office, the doctor said, Bill, new blood work came in, and it revealed that you don't have AIDS and you don't have hepatitis. You do have something wrong with your liver. It's just not life-threatening. It's just something induced by stress and alcohol, so you can't drink the rest of your life, and you got to stay happy the rest of your life. You think you can do that. I said, I think I can do that. Friends, that was the last time I ever, ever, took a drink, wanted to take a drink. And I've been set free by the power of God because when the Son of God sets you free, you are free indeed. So God set me free and God told me, listen, God healed me, but he healed me with a message. He said, I've healed you of this thing. You're never to take another drink ever again. And somehow I had a sense even back then that God was going to use me, although I, had, I never had any intention of going into ministry, never had any intention of ever writing a book, never had any intention of ever being a pastor. All I wanted to do was tell people the greatest news of all, that Jesus Christ saves us from our sins and saves us from ourselves so that we can spend an eternity with him and live the abundant life that he died for. So here's what happened to me. I got discipled and I went down this discipleship track because Jesus never, ever really separated recovery from discipleship. He said, if my words remain in you, you truly are my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. He came full of grace, full of truth, full of a pathway and a, and a plan to disciple us. And he calls us disciples. He says, then you truly are my disciples. So if the son of God sets you free, you are free indeed. So listen, I got discipled. I got set free. I got a new identity. I learned what my identity in Christ was. I, I learned that I was accepted, secure, and significant. I learned that I'm a child of the one true king, that I no longer can call myself by what the things I used to do, the things I struggle with, the things I think about, that I'm a child of the king. I'm accepted. I'm a royal priesthood. 
you know, I, I, I'm forgiven. And, and so I know what I knew what my identity was early on being a Christian. I was taught the power of prayer. I was taught to pray. I was taught to pray God's word. I was taught to pray God's promises. I was taught early on as a Christian, a new Christian, that I was, there is much power in my prayers you know, as someone walking with Jesus for 50 years, it doesn't matter because God's not a respecter of persons. I just believed it. And early on, I believed that God's word was true. I, I, made, a, I made a decision that I was never going to doubt God's word, that I was never going to doubt anything in Scripture because I knew God had a lot more you know, smarter things to say, you know, than I could ever think of. And so I did get into God's word and God's word, you know, started getting into me. I started memorizing God's word and I had no memorization skills up to this point. And I found out who the Holy Spirit was and I got filled with the Holy Spirit. I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. I didn't know what the baptism of the Holy Spirit was. And the only thing that made sense to me was people, the way that people explained it to me was that if that God had gifts for me. God had empowerment for me. God wanted to do more in my life. And for me, I just wanted all that God had for me. And if God had something more for me through the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I was all in because I wanted all the power. I wanted all the gifts. I wanted all the love. I wanted everything that God had for me. I knew I got the Holy Spirit when I got saved. I knew it because I knew that God lived inside of me because Jesus is with the Father. The Father is with Jesus, and they're both in heaven, and the only agent of God we got with us is the Holy Spirit. I knew that back then, but I didn't know what it meant to get baptized in the Holy Spirit, and the moment I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, I got filled with His love. I got filled with His gifts. I got filled with a whole supernatural way to pray differently. And that just opened up my eyes to a whole set of things that I could never see in, my, in the natural. And now I'm on my way and I'm loving God. I'm loving his word. I'm loving his people. I'm witnessing. I'm evangelizing. And I'm telling you that it's the greatest life ever. But even with all that being said, and even with just being an excited, you know, new believer in Christ, and just diving into God's word, being in church, evangelizing, bring it, sharing the gospel, leading people to Jesus, baptizing them. I was missing out on something. I just didn't know uh, that I was missing out on it. I read about it. I believed it. I heard about this, this a lot. And what I'm talking about is God's peace. I knew about it. I read about it. I believed it. I didn't, I didn't. I never not believed it because I even early on as a believer, I, I I just walked around with faith and I just believed in the power of faith. Not name it, claim it, yoke it, choke it, kneel it, reel it type stuff. You know, just faith, just trusting God, just believing God. You know, because the Bible says it's impossible to please God without faith. So I wanted to be a God pleaser and I wanted to obey God out of gratitude because of what he's done for me because that's grace fueled by the Holy Spirit. And that's the only way to live life. Because the alternative is is to obey God out of obligation, and that's the law, and that's relying on self, and and the only the only destination that's going to land you is condemnation, guilt, and shame, and it's going to it's 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 never going to end well, and so that's what the legalists do. But I was filled with the Holy Spirit. I was grateful for what Jesus has done for me. I learned about the finished work of Jesus Christ. I learned I I knew what He had done for me, and I knew what. I, I knew what I inherited the moment I got saved. 
And I again, I made God the promise. I'll do anything you want me to do just as long as I know it's you. And again, I go back to missing out on God's peace. I believe the scripture in Philippians 4, 6 and 7 said, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, pray about it with joy, thanksgiving, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. I believe Jesus when he says, the peace I give you, the world doesn't doesn't offer it. And I know that there's a difference between what the world offers and what Jesus offers. And I will tell you that the peace that God offers, the world can't come close to offering. I, I knew all of that. I believed it. The problem was I wasn't experiencing it. And the reason why was because even as a Christian, even as someone who, who longed to obey God, wanted to do what God wanted him to do, there was an area in my life that I wasn't being obedient to God in. You see, I had forgiven everyone in my life. I even forgave my dad for leaving me, leaving my mother, leaving my sisters, growing up without a father. But there was one person I never was able to forgive. And that was the man who took away my innocence. That was the man who, who sexually assaulted me. Matter of fact, I hated the guy. Hated the guy. Matter of fact, I wanted the guy dead. I know people who'll kill people for a living. I still know people who'll kill people for a living. I tell people in my ministry, oh, you don't ever want me to relapse. Just kidding. And I, but as a Christian, listen to how sick this is. I entertain thoughts of having the guy taken out. This is how I thought as a Christian because I hated what he had done to me. And I'll never forget being at my first Promise Keeper event with 65,000 guys at the, in Indianapolis and a speaker, Steve Farrar from California, getting up and saying that if there's any guy in this arena that's struggling with unforgiveness, God wants you to surrender that to him tonight. And if you do, God's going to do a couple of things for you. One, he's going to give you his peace. Two, he's going to use you in great ways. And the moment he said that, under the conviction of the Holy Spirit, I was in tears knowing that that was the night that God wanted me to forgive that man. And I remembered the vow I made to God the night I got saved that I'll do anything you want me to do just as long as I know it's you. And even before I can get the words out, God, God told me, he says, yes, you're going to forgive him. And before I could even get any words out, I prayed this prayer and I, and, and I said, Lord, first forgive me for holding on to this grudge when you've forgiven me of so much. And then this prayer came out of my mouth, but it also came out of a deep place in my heart because I really meant it. I never thought about praying it until I prayed it. And when I prayed it, I really meant it. And here's what I prayed. And I said, Lord, I forgive that man. I really do. And not only do I forgive him, but I want you to show him the same salvation and the same forgiveness that you've given me. So I pray for that today for him because I want him in heaven. I want that man in heaven. And when I see him in heaven, I'm going to give him a hug and tell him that I love him because I do. I did then, and friends, I do now. And all I can tell you is the moment I prayed that prayer, I felt God's peace come over me like a river. I mean, it healed me. It changed me. And it wasn't but several weeks after that where I was asked to share my testimony for the first time. So that's where God started to use me in great ways. And I started sharing my test. People, people started asking me to share my testimony. And I started 
sharing my testimony. Well, listen, God gave me his peace. He healed me. Because here's what I did that night. See, that night I chose the freedom of forgiveness and I moved out of the bondage of bitterness. So if you're listening to the Encounter Radio Show today, let me, let me ask you, who's living rent-free in your head that's still causing you pain that you haven't forgiven yet? You know, forgiveness starts with you receiving God's forgiveness first and extending that forgiveness to yourself. Sometimes the hardest person to forgive is yourself. And you can forgive yourself if God has forgiven you. And I want to encourage you to do so. It's part of what Jesus has done on the cross for you. Not only did Jesus become your sin, take away your sin, forgive you of your sins, but he took away the shame and guilt that came as a result of your sins. And don't ever listen to the lie that you need to hold on to shame and guilt and regrets as a, as a result of all the sins that you've committed that you've been forgiven of. Friends, you can forgive yourself today by faith. But first, you have to receive the forgiveness that only Jesus has for you. And if you're locked in the bitterness of hate, listen, to forgive someone is to set a captive free and realize you are that captive. You don't, for, you don't forgive a person for them. You forgive a person for you so that you can experience the peace of God. So that God can forgive you, give you his peace, and use you in great ways. And I want to encourage you to do so. God did that for me. And not only did, did he do that, he, he did a third thing, and I like to call this the bonus plan. All those feelings of bitterness, rage, and anger, God just, God just simply took it away from me. God just, just made me a lot more gentler and loving, and I didn't realize how God took it away till later that year on Christmas Eve. My little baby girl wanted me to read the Christmas story to her. And I started reading it to her, and she started crying. And she looked at me, and I said, Honey, why are you crying? And this is part of my testimony. This is why you got to stay tuned to the Encounter Radio Show and tune in tomorrow for the rest of the story for my testimony. God bless you. We'll see you tomorrow.